Hello and welcome to the Fertility and Femtech podcast, brought to you by Zonas, where we aim to educate you on all taboo topics in women's health. You can learn more on our YouTube channel or at yourzonas.com. Hello everyone, I am Dr. Ravina, NHS Women's Health Doctor, and I'd like to welcome you to this dedicated channel for women's health. Today we'll be talking about a very sensitive topic. It's a topic that's very difficult for many to speak about, women, men, partners, um, same-sex couples, and that is trying to conceive. So this will take up many different videos and I am very happy for you to private message me questions that you have that you'd like me to answer via video. So please go to Instagram and direct message me at dr.ravina and we can talk through uh, the various different aspects of infertility, uh, fertility issues that you face, both men and women. And what I thought we could do today was just go from the basics and build upon the basics. So today's video will be on how to conceive naturally, the things that we need to make sure that we can have babies and also the things that can go wrong during that process. So we'll first talk about the process and then we'll go on to each of our organs and how they help us with getting pregnant. Let us begin. So. The process of getting pregnant, how does it happen? How do we grow as women babies in our bodies and how do men help us with that process? So first of all, you need an egg to be released from the ovaries. So this can be from one ovary or the other ovary. Very rarely you get eggs released from both ovaries and if that does happen, you will have twins. And if you release three eggs, you will have triplets. It's super rare, but it can happen. So you need one egg to be released from the ovary. This will be the mature follicle that has been developed over the process of the month, be released, and then your fallopian tubes will sense that you have ov ovulated and it will try and grab those eggs and allow the egg to float down into the tube. The tube then allows the sperm to float and swim into the tube, meet the egg and fertilized egg moves down the tube into the womb where it implants into the wall of that juicy womb, which is nice and healthy and a perfect environment for your baby to grow. So that is the process of what happens when egg meets sperm and how that then produces a baby. But there are lots of components that help this to happen. So what I'd like to do is first talk through the women's reproductive organs and then we'll talk about the male sperm at the end. So for a woman's body, it starts with the ovary and the ovary is where all your eggs are stored. When you were born, you are born with all the eggs you will ever have throughout your life. And this is actually determined when you're in the womb. So your eggs are growing and developing and then being stored in your ovary when you are in the womb. And then when you're born, you actually lose some eggs. And then when you grow during your childhood, you lose more eggs. And then when you get to puberty, that is when you will then have that regular uh, ovulation period where you release an egg each month and you have now entered your fertile years where you can get pregnant. So this will continue to happen throughout your life until you get to menopause and that decline in eggs will get lower 
as you get older, which is why it gets harder for you to get pregnant as you get older. Now your ovaries are a store for your eggs and you release an egg each month. That could be from either ovary. So if you have had any complications, any surgeries to your ovaries, you can still actually get pregnant with one ovary and you don't need two. Um, so if you've had an oophorectomy, which is removal of your ovary, and this can happen for various reasons like an ectopic pregnancy, if you've had ovarian cancer, if you've had cysts, and you know, if you've had any um, sort of surgery that has caused damage to the ovary, um, you can still rely on one. So by release of an egg, that can then get fertilized. So what are the problems that can occur in ovulation? Well, you can get polycystic ovarian syndrome, which we have done a video on, which you can watch in your own time. And this means you have irregular periods, irregular ovulation and difficulty in fertilization because you can't predict your fertile window. Another thing that can happen is you can get ovarian cysts. Now cysts are growths of tissue and it can be tissue that's fluid, it can be pus, it can be bits of hair. You can get all sorts of things in cysts and they can be in your ovaries. So um, this can also be cancer, of course. So not all cysts are cancer. Some of them are benign, which are non-cancerous, but cysts can grow in the, in the ovary and mean that it can disrupt the production and uh, maturity of follicles into eggs. So that stops your ovulation. And the other very common thing that can go wrong with ovaries, and this is of no fault of your own, and this is a very, very difficult topic that I find really hard emotionally to talk to women about, and that is premature ovarian failure, also known as ovarian insufficiency. And this is when women are born with a certain number of eggs, but their eggs run out sooner than the average age of menopause. So if the average age of menopause is say 51 in the UK, they may actually experience early menopause at around 40 or even younger than that. And we know that women are having children later, so that can be absolutely detrimental if someone's going through menopause earlier and they haven't yet completed their family. So that is something that we, we can do a whole video on because it's such an important topic. Um, so, so that's something that could go wrong with the ovaries. So let's move further afield. So I'll do a little, put a little diagram here so you can have a look at the ovaries. Next, we're moving on to the tubes, the fallopian tubes. So we have two of them and just with the ovaries, you only need one, you don't need two. If you've got one blocked tube, you're all good with just the one. So with the tubes, the tubes are really important because they are, they're quite clever structures actually, because they have these little um, hair-like structures in the tubes that help the egg waft down the tube to meet the sperm and those are called cilia. Cilia little hair-like projections, and you also have cilia in your nose, you also have cilia in your lungs, and that helps you to get rid of bacteria, mucus in your lungs, but the cilia in your fallopian tubes help you to uh, move the egg along down to meet the sperm. A risk of the cilia being damaged is smoking. So smoking affects the lungs, but it can also affect the hair-like structures in your tubes. And the exact mechanism of how this happens isn't completely known, but we do know that smoking does have that effect. Um, on your, your tubes, which is why it's really important not to smoke if you're trying to get pregnant. Another thing that can happen with your tubes is if you get a sexually transmitted infection, 
the infection can move upwards. So from the vagina, it can move up to the womb and then go into your tubes. And these tubes can get really inflamed and can be filled with pus, fluid, water, and it can cause a condition called hydrosalpinx. And so hydro meaning water, salpinx meaning the, uh, the tubes. So you can get water in the tubes, which can, if you can imagine, if you're thinking about these small little sperm that are trying to swim to find the egg and there's all this water around, they're actually not meant to be swimming through water. They're good at swimming through the womb. So it makes it really difficult for the egg to be fertilized. And if, it's, if this is the case, then you, then you would rely on the other tube in order for the sperm to fertilize the egg. Similarly, if you've had um, an ectopic pregnancy where you've had to have a tube removed, then um, you can also just rely on the one tube. Okay, next organ. So we've done the ovary, we've done the tube, now we're gonna move to the womb. What problems can occur with the womb? Why, how does the womb help us to conceive naturally? So the womb is an amazing little home full of nutrition, blood vessels, mucus, prostaglandins, lots of nice things that help our baby survive in this very warm and comforting and protected environment. And so once the egg and sperm have met, been fertilized, it will embed into this juicy wall of the womb full of great nutrients and allows the embryo um, to grow into a fetus. Now, because it's so important for the womb to have strong walls and a healthy environment in order for implantation to happen, a problem that can occur is if you have a problem with the wall. And a problem that can occur is fibroids. Now, fibroids are small little growths of tissue that can protrude into the womb, can protrude also outside of the womb, and can also protrude inside the actual muscular walls. So these are called subserosal, intramural, or submucosal. And I'll put a photo here so you can look at the different types of fibroids you can get. Now, if these are quite big, it can cause problems with implantation. It means that the baby won't be implanted into the wall of the womb effectively. And if the fibroid is in an awkward position, that's affecting the opening of your, your womb down into your cervix, it can also affect uh, delivery. So that's why it's really important for us to do regular scans so we can see where the fibroids are, how big they are, and if it's affecting your pregnancy. Other things that can affect your womb are conditions like endometriosis, um, because it can cause some scarring of the womb but I think it's really important to stress just because you may have some of these conditions it does not mean at all that you will have problems conceiving and many women can have an absolutely easy ability to get pregnant and an easy pregnancy despite having these conditions so I don't want you to get scared thinking oh my goodness I have fibroids I have endometriosis I have polycystic ovarian syndrome I am not going to get pregnant nope that's not the case you try and we assume that everyone will be able to and if there's a problem then we help you so we've talked about the ovary the tube and the womb and the next structure to talk about is the cervix the cervix is at the base of the womb, it is the neck of the womb, and it's the opening for where the sperm will swim in through the vaginal canal up into the cervix and enter your protected womb. And so the cervix is a very, very important structure. And the reason why it is very important is because if it's too narrow, the cervix, and also known as stenosis, then the sperm cannot enter it cannot fit through and it's almost like the womb is saying uh-uh no we do not want sperm to come in so we're going to tightly shut 
the neck of the womb being the cervix and some women are just born with a, a very narrow uh, cervix and we can do things to widen it to widen up the cervix it's quite rare but it can happen so that's a problem that can occur cervical stenosis and another um, a slightly more common thing that can occur is something called cervical insufficiency and it I don't really like the word cervical insufficiency because no part of your body should be thought as insufficient, but all it means is that the cervix is weaker. So the cervix is weak. So when you are carrying a child, when you have got the fetus in your womb, there is a risk of premature labor because the cervix gets thinner. So I'll put a little photo here. The, the, the cervix, as you can see, gets thinner. So the baby can actually be born sooner than you expect. And what we can do to treat this is do a cervical stitch. And that is um, basically a stitch we do um, at the base of the womb. And we also, we kind of make it tighter so that it's hard for the baby to come out. Um, it's not that common to be completely honest, but it, ha it can occur in about 1% of premature deliveries. So of all the people that have premature labor, 1% of them will be due to cervical insufficiency. Um, but this is something that we can quite easily monitor with an ultrasound scan. We can measure the thickness of the cervix and see if it's thinning, because when you go into labor, the cervix thins. Uh, whereas when you are not in labor, you have quite a thick, um, quite a thick, hard, rubbery type cervix. So that basically talks, we've just spoken through all the different structures of the pelvic anatomy. So now let's move on to men. And it's important to know it's not just a woman who is involved in the pregnancy, it's very much the man as well. So let's give the men their credit and let's talk about how important the sperm are. So we cannot get pregnant without the sperm. The sperm is very important and it's more important to have good quality sperm. So as men age, their sperm does decrease in quality and quantity. Um, so fertility is just better in a, at a younger age in both sex. And sperm is, you need to have, as I said, you need to have a good number of sperm. They need to have a good shape. So by shape, they need to have a nice furrowed head, which is able to be streamlined and swim through the uterus. And then they, they need to have a strong tail to help them to swim as well. Next, they have to have good quality. So they need to be um, actually healthy sperms. So they need to have all the things that you need, like a nucleus, um, the genetic material, so the quality of them has to be very good. And the other thing is they have to have good motility, so they need to be able to move. I mean, they've got a very long distance to travel. They have to go from outside the body, from the male's body, then enter the vaginal canal, through the cervix, into the womb, and get to the fallopian tube. And if you can imagine how tiny these sperm are, it can take um, sometimes up to four days for the sperm actually to get to the egg and in some cases even longer than that. So that just shows how important it is for them to have good motility because they need to actually get there. So that is just a quick run through how you can conceive naturally and the important structures of female and male anatomy. I hope you found this useful as a basic run through on how to get pregnant and the, some of the problems that can occur. I'm really happy to go through um, specifics of what we've spoken about in different videos. Just put them in the comments below, private message me. And if you are listening to this video as a podcast, 
which is on Fertility and Femtech by Zonas, which you can listen to on any of our podcast uh, channels, then um, feel free to check out YouTube at Dr. Ravina and let us know your comments. Anyway, until next time, take care. Please like, subscribe and share. We really appreciate it. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you.